What's up, everybody? This is Jerry Ferrara, and you are listening to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah podcast. What, did you get her number? Home and sell. Well, maybe he does have a shot. Ah, ah, ah. I'm with drama. Is it that ridiculous? You fucking Martian is less ridiculous, Turtle. Put it that way. You guys are mean. Really mean. Oh, poor little turtle sensitive because he can't get a hot, famous actress. 99% of the world's average looking citizens can't get that turtle, so don't feel bad. Living in a fantasy. Reality is when he calls her and she tries to lure him away from Vince to be her bitch. The reality is what happened over the Pacific, you angry old fuck. Yeah, and what's that? She jerked me off. Happy? Welcome back to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hitty, coming to you from Palm Springs, California. And here we are. Turtle gets jerked off by Jamie Lynn Siedler on an airplane. Never thought we'd make it to this day. There was only one guest I could have on for this episode. My good friend, Mike Camerlingo, the creator, the brilliant mind behind 60 Second Classics, the video series. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you've seen it. Go to his website, check out all the videos he's made. The website is 60secondclassics.com. Unlike last week when our guest was a little harder on the show than I probably would have liked, Mike and I just broke out. We had a blast. This is a funny, funny, fun episode. Half of it is us spent just bullshitting and laughing. Mike loves the show, and I love the show, and I hope you guys know that. Please follow Oh Yeah Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, etc. Hit me up if you want to be a sponsor. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to Kyle Banduho, the host of Bid Screen Sports. Another good friend of mine, he had me back on Bid Screen Sports this week to break down the movie Kingpin, the 1996 Farrelly Brothers movie. It was a three-man pod with our good friend Peter Hart, back from our post-grad problems washed media days. Super fun. If you want to just listen to three guys hanging out talking about a cult classic bowling movie, head over to Bid Screen Sports and check that out. Enjoy the podcast. Mike's the best. We'll have him back on probably one or two more times before the show ends. I will talk to you guys next Monday. My guest this week is a longtime friend of the podcast. It has been two years since we have spoken or seen each other in person. He is the mastermind behind the very popular video series, 60 Second Classics, dialing all the way in from Boston, Massachusetts. Mike Tamerlingo, welcome back to the Entourage Podcast. JR, when you said two years, I don't know, man, two years, 10 years, it feels like it feels like a long time since we we have chatted. We had a nice little talk before this, and it's good to see your face, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on. I'm looking at Mike's face, and his background is all five of the Entourage members, and he's in center of frame, so it's literally like him in the Vince position, and <laughs> I'm staring at Jerry, Kevin, Jeremy, and Kevin. Like, I do often for a lot of time during the week and it's just it's great i thought i'd change my usual steven seagal background <laughs> and and try to make it right for the podcast so i'm glad you appreciate it you know what i gotta remind myself to change this so next time i have some kind of like work <laughs> zoom it'll just pop up and they'll be like what the fuck are you doing this dude's a bit entourage fan <laughs> yeah and then i'll direct them to the podcast there you go hey the that's... only the only entourage podcast there are no other entourage podcasts out there that we know of mike uh it's so great to have you back. I had you on in season two, season three, and season four. So you're back in season five. It's just been a couple of years. How are you doing? What's been going on with you? Um, things are great. Uh, I'm a yeah. We were talking last time I was on. I was running around New York City, you know, trying to be a, a an actor or a writer or whatever the fuck I'm doing. And now I just mowed my lawn in the suburbs <laughs> as a washed up dad. So. Uh, you know, I had sex and my <laughs> wife had a baby and, and here we are. Congrats on the sex. Yes. The last time Thanks. Mike and I saw each other, we were in New York. We grabbed some beers. He was like in Midtown at an audition. You were doing the New York like actor writer grind. And now the diametric opposite. You are a father in New England. It's great. Well, you know what? Now that, now that I do take a step back, I'm like, I can't believe I was doing that for so long. Meaning like having like a little bit of success and then nothing, and then like a little more success and then nothing. It's just so weird because, 
you know, doing like commercial auditions in general, not like anyone wants to hear about that shit, but it's so weird. It's, it's, it's just like, I'm like, oh, I got a 3 p.m. Uh, thing for right guard. And then I got to get on the train at 2.15. I got to take two trains and I go in there and I'm like, ooh, that's good. And they're like, can you juggle? I'm like, what the fuck is this? As the guy who's been in the room, like asking the actor to juggle, that's my day job. I always feel terrible it's really hard for me to look them in the eye because i'm like this is a humiliating process all around. you know every actor is lying to you right when they say they tell you that they go they the, the old joke is always say you can ride a horse yep. they're like say you can do it i'm like what the fuck the guy's asking me if i can drive stick shift like he wants me to drive backwards in a car i'm like yeah i can do it <laughs> i do it and it's like no dude so so anyway Actors. i'm in massachusetts where i belong my accent's coming back i can't fucking help it it's great to have you back man uh actors are masters of none as we know and it's great that <laughs> we're talking about you know one of the biggest masters of none in the world vincent chase <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny you know it's funny when, when we were doing these episodes before i was currently binging it yep. i would just watch it watch yep. it watch it this one i haven't seen it in probably a year or two and i went back i watched the episode Boom, dove right in, felt great. But I do, I'm kind of like, wait, where are they? Why are they coming from Hawaii? Sure. Like, so I am kind of on that that floating in the ocean type thing. Good thing you're not hosting this, and I am, and I am <laughs> de facto the entourage expert. Right. I'll do my best to fill you in. They are coming back from Hawaii because they went over there with a plane full of supermodels in the last episode um, because Vinny uh, turned down a modeling gig. Just, uh, I, I remember. Is that when they were pairing him up with a model? Yep. And it, yes, yes, okay. Um, we are doing episode eight of season five, First Class Jerk. Its original air date was October 26th, 2008. New question. You haven't heard this one before. Where were you on the state, Mike? Not that exact date, but like, where were you in life in October of 2008? 2008, October. I was in New York City. I was living in New York City my first year there after college. I lived on the Upper East Side on 75th Street on a fifth floor walk up. <laughs> I lived with my college roommate and my girlfriend, who's somehow now my wife. She made it all these years. She really did. She made it <laughs> she from, really the, from the fifth floor to the, to the suburbs. Of- <laughs> if, she could, if she could make it through my college roommate and I just playing FIFA every night, then she's a keeper. So we were doing that. We had a really nice like rooftop uh, that we could access to, that we could like grill on. Yeah. But I think because we had to walk up five flights of stairs, we were always like, I don't know, man. Do you, we'll just chill in here. Why do you want to go upstairs? Imagine going up there and then being like, oh, we forgot the buns. We used to, yeah, We I lived in another fifth floor one and the buzzer didn't work. And we used to put the keys in like a big wool sock and drop it out the window. <laughs> and so people outside would be like, oh, wait, wait, hold on. Don't stop walking. And they would like try to catch it. That is some New York shit if I've ever yeah, heard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Quick, uh, just for some context. So on this date. We are in the final month of the 2008 presidential election. A month prior, in mid-September, the Saturday Night Live season premiere opened with Tina Fey playing Republican vice presidential nominee Sarah Palin, alongside a pregnant Amy Poehler as Hillary Clinton. The phrase, I can see Russia from my house, was coined by the SNL producer Mike Shoemaker during this sketch. That episode was the show's highest rated season premiere since 2001 and 2002, and it's the second most watched SNL episode ever. One month later, the week of this episode of Entourage, the show drew its highest ratings in over 15 years when the real Sarah Palin appeared as herself on the episode. Saturday Night Live had 17 million viewers during its first half hour. So just the night before this episode aired. That's nuts. I don't remember when real Sarah Palin came on, but I do remember watching when Tina Fey was rapping with a pregnant Amy Poehler. About a month before this episode aired. That was TV, man. Yeah. Entourage, I mean, I don't, I'm not asking you to pull in the numbers, but Entourage had to be pulling in a couple million per episode, right? I would Two think, or three million? And you know what? That's not information that's readily available because it's not contingent on advertisers. So HBO has never been like Entourage. You know, they did like during Game of Thrones, they did 150 million people, but that they, was more They bragging. tell you during the, yeah, they tell you like the big number and then they leave everything out. That's like Netflix. So like how many people watch that show? They're like, mind your fucking business. <laughs> <laughs> Recap of this week's episode. Mike, you might as well take a bathroom break, maybe grab yourself a glass of water. These recaps that HBO has written are so long, but I can read them pretty fast. So just, just I actually am going to get a glass of water. <laughs> Do it. So Turtle gets the one first class ticket home from Hawaii while the other guys ride coach and befriends Jamie Lynn Seedler on the flight. When drama and the guys ridicule his ability to get with the Soprano star, Turtle blurts out that she got intimate with Little Turtle mid flight, but no one believes him. 
Meanwhile, Ari returns from Geneva, but word has leaked that he's up for the studio job, and the pressure is on him to decide. Josh Weinstein approaches Eric about representing Vince and sets up a meeting with Frank Darabont, but when the offer is for a TV role, not a film role, they walk away. Mrs. Ari sides with Lloyd when he lectures Ari that he can't abandon his clients for the benefit or the benefits of being his own boss. Ari is about to pass on the offer when he learns from Dana that Amanda Daniels is next in line. He goes to Amanda to bury the hatchet and make sure she'll hire his clients, but Amanda won't make any peace. Ari heads to John Ellis to discuss the offer after all. But when Vince and the Dyes go to see Ari, he announces that he didn't take the job. He made sure Dana Gordon got it, and Vince is back in on smoke jumpers. Celebrating at a club, the Dyes spot Jamie Lynn Siegler, who throws a drink in Turtle's face, having heard he's been bragging about their encounter. And when Drama tries to take the blame for spreading false rumors, Jamie Lynn reveals it was true, and she could have gone farther if Turtle had kept his mouth shut. Whoo! Mike, what was your favorite moment from this week's episode of Entourage? That was a great recap. I, I caught the second half of that recap. <laughs> <laughs> you, you truly did. <laughs> uh, this favorite moment. Oh, my favorite moment is whenever, and this is throughout the series, I think, whenever Josh Weinstein shows up on screen, I think, I know he's supposed to be annoying, but I think he's the funniest character, one of the funniest characters in this show. He's great. Uh, Josh Labar, the actor, he plays just this. I think this is the last time we ever see Josh Weinstein. He's just so smarty. He's just like, e money, Josh Weinstein here. It's perfect. It, it's not from this episode, but I always remember when he's showing off his girlfriend. Uh, he like comes across Vince, and I'm going to butcher what he says, but he's basically like, yeah, yeah. This is my girlfriend. She's a model. Smoking, isn't she? Like right in front, <laughs> right, right in front of her. He just nails that perfectly, like perfect, that guy to a t yep. and it's funny i saw a guy i didn't i didn't know him a friend of a friend he was like much younger than us we saw him at a bar uh, uh, like six months ago and he like gave off that vibe he was like oh. he's like hey check out this girl i'm with like she's pretty hot right and we're like what <laughs> i'm like dude i don't even know you and like does he say that in front of her that's fucked up it's weird and funny. no i actually think he said it, she wasn't there but that's fine that's fine but it was still like it, it was funny because i didn't know the guy i was like who the what the fuck is that on? but it's that's it's funny because the josh weinstein character is perfect so i love the episodes he shows up in uh it always makes me happy hello e murph josh weinstein hey josh how you doing i'm always doing great e you know that and why others may no longer believe in vince ari gold i still do yeah well he's still our agent josh for the moment, he is. But Ari will officially become head studio fascist tomorrow. Let me show you what I can do for you guys today. Oh, yeah, what can you do? Frank Darabont. Vince a fan? Yeah, well, who is it? Yeah, Shawshank almost makes me wish I did prison time. Anyway, he's got a new project he's working on. I got him to sit down with Vince to talk about the lead. Really? Really. That's great. I love that. Um, no, I, I agree. I'm a huge fan. It is kind of sad that we never see Weinstein after this, but... I think the character kind of run its course. He was kind of competing for Vince's attention uh, early on with Ari. But, you know, Ari at this point has gotten Vince uh, to the top of the mountain. So, like, wh why have a competing agent, essentially? My favorite moment from this episode is just a small scene. It's when they're on the plane back from Hawaii. They're back in coach, and Ian and Vince are just, like, sitting comfortably at the window. And Drama <laughs> is wedged between, like, a 450-pound Samoan guy and a woman holding a screaming baby. It's like all the nightmares of a flight come true. And then he turns and winks at this girl who's, like, staring at him, and her mom, like, looks over disapprovingly. It's just, it's just the perfect, like, trifecta of fucked-up things to happen to you on a flight. And a five-, six-hour flight back from Hawaii at that. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I'd look, I'd be pissed too if I lost out on first class and he had to sit in the middle. But you're not going to put Vince in the middle. Really, they should put E in the middle because, you know, he's he's small enough. He's part of the business though, you know? E and Vince are <laughs> off off limits. so They're truly the money makers. Right. So yeah, but drama, you know, network TV star. <laughs> right. Yeah, dude, that was funny. This is a big, I mean, uh, this is a big drama episode. This is big. big. He is all over this episode, which usually makes for a good episode. I think it's a pretty good episode. And whenever drama's hand, fingerprints are on an episode, I'm like, this is good. I completely agree. And more so, like, the last couple episodes of Entourage, not a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. It's been the boys, like, and just for your own recap, like, Dom came back and they went on a little side quest with Dom. They had this modeling did that fell through, but nothing has happened. Like, nothing in Vince's career has changed. And in this episode, a lot happens. So it's it's a nice break from uh, the past. I, I put that. I said, yeah, it's like it, it drives. Uh, it, it's good. It's a nice, easy watch, but it also drives a lot of plot. Like, it's it gives story in a good way. So it's it's nice. Good episode. Yo, love that you see the coach. Very cool. Hey, thanks, kid. 
How you doing, Drama? Not good, but I took two bikes, so I will be. Mike, what was your favorite bros being bros moment from the Sweets episode? I think when they're debating um, on who should get the first class ticket is a funny thing because yeah, there's no real way to figure it out. You're just, you know, that guy's short. I'm I'm older. I'm taller. Fuck you, whatever. And then what they yep. end up doing is asking the taxi driver yep. who it's so out of their control. It's so, something that these guys would absolutely do and they have to they have to listen to it. I thought that was fun. It was a fun setup. And it was nice. It was a nice way to take a, a dig at drama, like they usually do. Like I don't, I don't know. My subconscious doesn't like you as much. <laughs> Love that. I, I completely agree. It's very relatable. Dies arbitrarily trying mm-hmm. to solve something that there's no right answer, and just like figuring it out by fate or luck or gambling in some way. It's maybe not relatable. Like we're flying back from Hawaii after spending a week with supermodels, but like just that. Oh, we got four tickets. One's better than the rest. Like. Kind of like who gets the aisle seat, who gets the, you know, who gets the... And it's like you're trying to figure it out. I can relate to that. Where Vince is like, right, I'll pick a number in my head to 30. And then uh, whoever's closest gets it. And then someone's like, no, nah, that's bullshit. Like, you you want it to be fair. You don't want it to be... Yeah. So you're trying to figure out what the best way is. Flip a coin. I don't know if I like that. You know, yeah. uh, rocks, paper, scissors. You have to figure it out. Whoever can touch the stop sign first. Like, we've all done those things. Albeit on a much smaller scale. You know, yeah. it's more like who gets the last beer or something. But uh, that was a very relatable moment in a higher stakes situation. Yep. Yo, how'd it go? Uh, three coach, one first class. We weren't supposed to get any first class. It's the only seats they had left. Otherwise, you're going to wait for the ninth flight. Forget that. So, who gets the extra leg room? Vince, obviously. No, not obviously. We'll settle it democratically. Well, democratically implies that everyone deserves a voice. My contention is broke-ass turtle does not. Yeah, well, my contention is Vince is the king, and if he says I get a voice, then let me be heard. Yeah, I really don't care much about it. You guys fight it out. Yeah, you know what? Me neither. Ian and I will slum it like we did the first 20 years of our lives. Come on, now you're going to make us feel bad. I don't feel bad, pal. Your short squat legs will not extend comfortably without a fight. So how do we decide? Uh, I'll pick a number 1 to 20. The closest man gets it. Okay. No go. Why not? Because you favor turtle, bro. What? It might be subconsciously, but you do. Wow. <laughs> okay. I get it. Excuse me, sir. Would you mind settling this? I have one first class ticket. Both of these gentlemen want it. Will you decide? Him. Yes. What the hell? <laughs> Why not me? My subconscious likes him more better, I guess. <laughs> I also like. Just the fact that, like, drama not being able to get over Turtle's little encounter, in quotes, with Jamie Lynn, and having to tell everybody about it. Because every died group has a friend who's like that. He's just, you can't tell him anything in confidence. He's just going to, like, spray and pray everywhere mm-hmm. he goes. I think drama tells five or six different people in this episode he's, about Every scene he's telling guys. Even I'm, like, yelling at the screen. I'm like, drama, drama, shut the fuck up. You know, like, <laughs> shut up, dude. Dude, I have a friend like that. You can't tell him anything, mm-hmm. and like you just you start just you start feeding them false information. Right. You know, you, you start feeding them fake news. You find so him. That, you like, find you got to find the leaker, and then you find out. Yep. You're like, dude, no, that's not true. Yeah, that sucks. I don't know why people just can't. I think you know what it is. It's fun to tell someone a secret, you know, or something s- salacious. You know, you like to be the person delivering that news, because then you get the reaction. I, I completely. And what drama's trying to do, he's trying to get people on his side to be like, this fucking asshole. <laughs> Is lying. Can you believe this guy's lying? I think he's hoping to shame Turtle into being like, all right, fine, I didn't do it. What is your least favorite moment from this week's episode? I feel like they do this a couple times in this series. When the guys can't get a hold of Ari. I can't <laughs> no. stand it. It's he's so Ari, his whole life is about Vince. Vince, Vince. Yep. He's his favorite yep. client. He's he's like pulling all these things just so we can get Vince into the second lead of Smoke Jumpers. And then they call him and he won't pick up the phone. They won't call him back. This happens again when they end up changing agents. Did that already happen yep. in the series? I don't know. Whenever they end up, That already happened. Yeah, so whenever three, they end yeah. up changing agents, that whole thing happens again. And I can't stand it. It's And I know these Hollywood agents are so busy and shit. But this isn't Mike Camerlingo <laughs> on a fucking Doritos commercial. This is, this is fucking Vince. This is your guy. Your, your whole life. You talk about him every episode. And if him and E are calling you... Just call and be like, dude, I'm working on something. I can't give you the details, but hold tight. I, I think yeah. they can do that in the episode and still make it work the same. 
I completely agree. I didn't even think about that, but it is true. Like how often the plot machination of like Ari being unreachable unreach- uh-huh. causes all this other stuff. Because if he had picked up the phone and been like, "No, don't talk to Weinstein. That's probably a TV role," or "No, Frank Darabont's not working on that." Like whatever it may be, it would have saved them this whole humiliating experience at Earth Cafe. But you know, you also have to send the guys to do something while Ari is sitting around contemplating this big change it is funny too because it does give it provides some urgency and if anyone has ever done anything in the in showbiz you understand there's nobody has any urgency nothing gets done if you try to send someone an email between october 15th and february 15th it's the holidays yep okay and if it's between june and october it's summer it's summer (laughs) yeah so nothing ever gets done and then They'll pick up 10 pilots and, and something will happen, but nothing gets done. So it's funny to be like, it's happening right now. You have to do it. Where is he? In, in some episodes, it works really well. Like when they're trying to get Vince signed on uh, before sundown and yep. there's that back and forth and Ari's in Temple. And like, th- that's like yeah, at least before, yeah. concrete reason. But just Ari not picking up his phone, it's, I could do without it. It didn't like ruin the episode, but it's just, it's one no, thing yeah. that. You know, I could do without. I also have a pet peeve in movies and TVs where they like don't believe characters. I hate when they do that. When they're like, "Oh, I so saw." Who doesn't believe? No, not this episode. It's just like oh. in a movie when you saw it happen and the characters like, "Oh, there's a fucking giant dog in the other yard," and they're like, "Oh, no, there isn't." You're like, "Yeah, yeah. fucking listen to your son." Yeah. <laughs> oh man, sorry guys, I'm all fired up from that second glass of water. Clifford, that Clifford, the big red dog <laughs> with, with your with your daughter. <laughs> My least favorite moment is. E getting all tough guy with Josh Weinstein outside of Earth Cafe. Walk away. Walk away. <laughs> Guys, it's Frank Darabont. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen E throw a punch in this show once. The closest is him telling Seth Green in Vegas, like, Seth, you want to go right now or whatever he says. But ultimately, it's drama who starts throwing haymakers in Vegas. And I think drama, like, pits a few other fights. Like, it is such, like, fake tough guy energy especially given how tall Connolly is. It just is so weird. Doesn't that come from the fact that, like, Connolly himself was, like, kind of a, a scrappy dude? I thought I've read he's stuff. A child or actor. Heard stuff. He's a child yeah, actor. he beats the shit out of Rocky's son in Rocky Five for that jacket. That's true. That's true. You'd know better than me. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I thought I heard that he's, like, he's, like, used... I don't know. But I feel like it stems from something like that. Maybe they reference it in this show or something, but anyway... Maybe. I just thought it was a little unbelievable. And also, like, they're so miffed. Yes, Weinstein kind of sandbagged them, but, like, he brought them a legitimate opportunity while their agent was nowhere to be found. Like, they don't need to just be, like, motherfucking him and, like, throwing bows at him in, in the street in front of, you know, a restaurant full of people. Yeah, I agree. I think they try to make Josh Weinstein say that, like, insulting line where he's yeah. like, "You're maybe you're not a movie star anymore. And Vince, like, contemplates it for a second. And he's like, fuck you, man. Walk away. Walk away. This is not TV, Vince. Oh, no? What is it? It's TV with Frank Darabont. You know what, Josh? Sandbagging a site, that was a real dick move. I thought it would be more impactful if you heard it straight from Frank. What the hell's so wrong with doing TV? Nothing for David Hasselhoff, or for you, but for Vince, doing TV is ridiculous. Yeah, but you doing Jamie Lynn Siegler, is it? Aw, here we go. You did Jamie Lynn Siegler. Yeah, you believe it? Not really. Nobody does. Yeah, well, it's been a pleasure as always, Josh. Wait a minute, just hold on a second. At least read the script. It's Frank Darabont, he's a genius. Vince, there's lots and lots of money in TV. I don't want to get stuck playing the same character for the next five years, I want to do movies. He's still a movie star, you know. Lots of movie stars do TV. George Clooney did ER, for Christ's sake. That was before he was George Clooney. No one goes backwards, because you don't get back to movies. You didn't see Leo in the Growing Pains reunion. Well, maybe it's time for you to think about that part of your life being over. Maybe you're not going to be a movie star anymore. Look, guys, I'm sorry. I'm just telling you what nobody else in this town has the balls to. Why don't you walk away, Josh? Walk away. All right, man, take it easy. My car's over there. Dude, so quick, this is such a quick sidebar, but on the the Vegas episode, uh, I have a friend of a friend. He was just out there. He's not an actor. 
he was like sitting by the pool and one of the guys, did I already tell you this story? You did, like, but I want to hear it again. Oh no, fucking, I want to see how well I actually told it. A guy comes over to him and he's like, hey man, would uh, would you any, any of you guys want to be an entourage? Because they were looking for dudes who were a certain height because they had to be a little taller than Seth or the same around the height as Seth Green. And my friend's friend was like, yeah, dude, I'll be in it. And he's like, just like short, stocky dude. And he's in the final thing. He's one of the guys who has like one little line. And but he's I, in three I, or four scenes. In that yeah, episode. and I, I saw him. I met him up for a beer once with a couple of buddies, and I asked him like a hundred questions. I think by the end he's like, "Dude, I don't know, whatever." I was just like, <laughs> "He's gotten more screen time combined than you I know." And I. I'm like, <laughs> "Bro, bro, bro." I'm like, "Bro, who's your agent? How'd you get on Entourage?" Let's go. He's like, "Oh, I was in Vegas." I'm like, "Oh, cool." So yeah, I heard the Vegas scene's pretty cool. <laughs> you did tell that story. I can't believe ago. I already fucking told that story. But you know what? And here's what's funny: is like. If anyone's listening to the podcast chronologically, you probably told that story just like 10 episodes ago, but it was legitimately three years ago. I hope I told it. I hope I tell it on every episode I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, that kid probably hasn't brought it up in 10 years. Every time you're back on, let's try to seamlessly fit it in as if we, you haven't told it before. He's not even my friend. He's a friend yeah, of a some, friend. Just some guy. <laughs> One other thing that I don't love, but I've talked about it at length. I talked about it at length last week with my guest, uh, comedian John Cullen. This entire idea that Ari is trying to leverage this job as the head of Warner Brothers Studio so that Vince can get the second lead in Smoke Jumpers like with Amanda is just pure batshit insanity. Mm -hmm. He's literally like, you can have the head studio gig if you put Vince in smoke jumpers and Amanda's like, I don't believe in him. And he's like, then I'm taking the job. It's like, what in the world right. yeah. are you two power agents doing right now? Five minutes, Ari. Not a second more. No need to be snippy, Amanda. I'm here for you, not me. Really? Well, I'm here for us, really. I'd rather suck a rabbit dog's dick. Clever, but seriously. Seriously, Ari, what about us would you like to talk about? I'd like to bury the hatchet. The animosity between the two of us has run its course. Apology accepted. What else? All business. It's admirable how you do it. And that's why I'm putting all my support behind you for the studio head job. I don't need your support. That may be true, but you're going to need me to bow out of the race. Sorry. I have never needed and will never need anything from you. Amanda, it's very simple. You want this job? I want Vincent Smoke Jumpers. I don't think he's good enough. You did represent him at one point. Yeah, and now I don't. Bitterness is not very becoming. Neither is groveling, and I'm not bitter, but I'm not making deals with you. Then, unfortunately, I'm going to have to stand in your way. If you wanted this job, you would have taken it, but we both know you won't because you miss your little clients too much. And we both know that you've already fucked all of yours, so maybe you can move on to bigger and better. Look, you're going to have to find another way to bring your Once Upon a Time movie star client back from the dead. Not bitter, huh? Fuck you, Ari. You can kiss your relationship with that studio goodbye. No, no. You can kiss your motherfucking dream job goodbye because you're right. I didn't want this job, but now I'm going to take it just to spite you. Lloyd. Yeah, call John Ellis. Tell him I'm going to close this motherfucking deal. Yeah, he's not like, hey, give him a five-picture deal here. Yeah. He's like, yeah. second lead, can we have a trailer, please? That'd be nice if we can yep. have a trailer. And he's turning down 10 mil a year. Yeah, it's a little far-fetched, but you know, it's Entourage, baby. That's right. Speaking of which, what was the most entourage moment of this week's episode? I mean, there are a lot of entourage moments. I think this this would probably fall into the bros being bros, but just like the ball busting of Turtle. Yeah. Um, which felt very to the show. Um, what I guess my question, I'm going to answer your question with a question. What do you mean by entourage moment? So I, I always say like that can mean whatever it means to you. Like when you think of entourage. I, okay, yeah. okay, this is a moment. Like why doesn't the guy want to sit next to Jamie Lynn, the other guy? Yeah. He doesn't know who she is. Yeah. And then he trades an aisle seat. Why doesn't he take the window? He doesn't want the window. And he just goes to the middle. I don't know. I feel like. Uh, yeah, maybe he's not like laid cramps and needs to get up a lot. And doesn't <laughs> want to bother her. Or like I have a bad hip. I have to sit aisle. So like I like to, you know, get up and down. But. I'm going to talk about that guy a little bit more when we did two faces. He the looks familiar. Oh, he does. I know what he's, I know what one thing he's from. All right. All right. Let's, let's save it. Cause I think, I think you do know what it is. And it's, it's a good one. <laughs> so my most entourage moment. I got one. Okay. No, the end of the episode they cheers three times in 30 seconds. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Were you going to say yeah, that? Thank you. The end of, 
I was literally going to say, at the end of the episode, drama literally says, well, everything's back to normal. Baby bro's a movie star. Ari's his agent. Turtle is once again pussyless. Glasses up. And then they cheers. That is just short of them saying, Vince is doing the movie and then staring at the LA skyline going, look at all this. This is all ours. I wonder if they do, if you go back and watch them, do they actually have a character sum up the whole episode like that with a line each episode, you know? He like he basically just kind of like sums up the episode for you. I did notice that. He was like, they bring, bring it in for a cheers, they cheers, something happens, they cheers again, and then something else happened, they cheers again, all within like 30 seconds. This is awesome. So entourage. I fist pumped. Whatever, bro. What happened? Turtle, I am so sorry, man. She actually liked you. Really? No way. Sorry, Turtle. Sorry, Turtle. Well, at least order's been restored. Everything's back to normal. Baby bro's a movie star. Ari's his agent. And Turtle is once again pussyless. Glasses up. Did she really say she liked him? Oh, yeah. She would have fucked him, too. She got a nice jerk, huh? Yo, could you be my love? Yo, could you be? I got a vacant spot right here next to me. I have two really quick little nitpicks. I don't know where these go. Curious your thoughts. Why is Turtle so smooth for stealing two bottles of yeah. scotch from the drink cart in first class? They usually serve you a drink when you take off. And all the drinks are free. So what is he doing? I thought of that. Like he brought if someone stole a drink like that, I'd be like can you go back and see if you can find any ice? Because I need a little <laughs> ice. She was very impressed, though. Meadow Soprano was very impressed. It is a cool... Apparently she's never flown in first class before. It's a cool... I, I could see them sitting around being like, what can we have Turtle impress her with? Like, yeah. he can steal... You can't exactly steal, like, a filet and be like, hey, you want some... You want a steak? So it's like, you steal a drink... You know, it's fine. I think the getting the seat is like the first cool thing he does. And then they're like, how can we take this to another level? So she really notices him. And I think it has to be the drink thing. But I, just the logistics of it are hilarious to me. Yeah, he just runs back and pops in and takes it. And, and you know, she seemed very impressed. Excuse me, miss? 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 Fucking cunts. <laughs> are you laughing at me? No. Good. Don't. I was just trying to help. Are you okay? I'm fine. Just need a drink. Fucking aisle seat, which they fucking had none. Sir, will you switch me? My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <sighs> Thank you. You're welcome. <sighs> I'm sorry if I seem rude. I'm just... I'm Jamie. I know. I'm Turtle. I love your work. <laughs> Thanks. You sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I just broke up with my boyfriend. I don't want to talk about it. I just want a drink. Let me get you one. What do you need? Scotch. Watch this. Additionally, my I know it sounds I know it sounds like I'm badging on this episode, and I'm not. This is really a fun episode. I, I just love I love making fun of it with funny people like yourself. So so do you really I don't think to cut you off, I don't think this is really making fun of the episode because I both think if you're listening, you obviously know JR likes the show, and I like yeah. the show. So we're just two morons like laughing at the yep. show. That's what I like to do about movies. Like I laugh at a lot of the shit, but then if you're like that movie sucks, I'm like, I'll fucking fight you. Like, no, it doesn't <laughs> suck. This is good shit. I wonder if I would fight somebody <laughs> if they said Entourage sucks. I probably, I'm just so beaten down by the show at this point. I'm just like, I don't know, man. Listen to the podcast. I'd be like, I'd be like, yeah, the movie wasn't great, but uh, season three, you ever hear of it? You know. <laughs> so here's my last nitpick. Do you realize that the plot of this episode is supposed to take place in one day? I think I do. I think I do. Because they say like, he got jerked off this morning by Metal Soprano after we just, like, it's a, it's the most, it's the longest day in the history of days because it's not possible. You can't fly from Hawaii in the morning and land in LA, like, in the morning. And, <laughs> and then, then they were getting coffee with Frank Darabont, right? And then get lunch with Frank Darabont, go home, grab a shower, like, 
go to Ari's office. Because yeah, if you take a six thirty a.m. flight in Hawaii, it takes five it's hours. Nine thirty. Six flight. Yep. Is there a time difference? No time difference, right? Hawaii to L.A. Is there a time difference from Hawaii to L.A.? Yeah, it's a three-hour or four-hour time difference depending on. So the, let's say three hours. Uh, yeah, it's two thirty. Now you get tra- L.A. traffic. Come on, dude. I think it's just not possible. Maybe that's why they keep trying to call Ari because they're like, "Where is he today? The day that we're living. <laughs> where is he today?" I, on a side note, I have a weakness for all movies and things that happen in over a one-day period. I love it. Oh, of I course. Love it. Or a That's weekend. That's why I love this episode so yeah. much. Yeah. What was your favorite line or quote from this week's episode? Or if you have a couple. I do have a couple. Let's hear it. Um, the opening line of the show, Johnny Drama says, Mahalo, my dear. <laughs> uh, uh, when he's leaving, he gets the lay on, which is, yeah. is a great way to start because Drama doing his thing. Yeah. When off the scene, you mentioned when they when Drama's in the middle seat and they're like, dude, are you all right? Like, what, are you going to be good? Or they say, how you doing, drama? And yeah. he goes, not good, but I took two Vikes, so I will be. <laughs> like, just like a great, that's like a great thing where, you know, if you have a friend like drama or whatever, and they always, you, they'll say it too loud, and you're yeah. like, someone dude, like me would dude, be like, dude, chill. shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut dude, up. <laughs> like, no, he's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> he's not going to pass out, and his heart's not going to stop. Don't worry. So realistically, um, since this is one day, drama should be catatonic for the whole episode. They should just be wheeling him around on the luggage. <laughs> unless he unless he passes out during the flight and he wakes up and he's good but he doesn't yeah um i got two more when ari when uh no, who's the what's uh what's her name not amanda daniels the other one gordon dana gordon calls he and she she's on speakerphone saying yeah. she's gonna hook up with him or whatever yeah. and as he's hanging up the phone he yep. goes i'll call you later about that tug it's so good love just in general love when people refer to tug like <laughs> Like a like a jerk off like, t- yeah. like like dude give a tug yeah it's just a funny little synonym we got there yeah. and I yeah. feel like people should use it more. It's also like a a clean word like you, mm-hmm. you can say it and like it doesn't you, you, it kind of would state people if you said it around them like I'm gonna go home grab a shower have a tug and I'll be back I'll meet you guys later they go what <laughs> you could be at like a family barbecue and your buddy is in the bathroom for a while and he comes out and you go dude who are you fucking having a tug in there and it's like no one's really gonna unless they are really listening yeah exactly you know so it's yeah it's a great word i think more people should say it and she's gonna pay you your quote it's the second lead you're gonna pay him his quote or vincent chase is going to announce on tmz that the new head of the studio calls agencies and offers up hand jobs all right enough ari Vince, I will take good care of you. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. I love you, Dana. <laughs> I love you too, Ari. I'm for real this time. I'll call you later about that tug. And then my number one, my number one favorite line from the movie, uh, from the show, is Josh Weinstein when he goes, "E Murph, Josh <laughs> Weinstein." Just a great way to set him up too. He's driving in his convertible. He's on his little Bluetooth thing. Yep. Fucking awesome character. E Murph, I love it. Um. Two, I got two. Uh, the waiter at Earth Cafe. You guys need anything? Drama. Well, this guy had jerked off by Metal Soprano, so he's all good. But I'll take <laughs> a nice tea. <laughs> Still gets his order in there as well. Humiliates his friend, also orders a nice tea. You guys need anything? Well, this guy got jerked off by Metal Soprano, so he's all good. Well, I'll take a nice tea. <laughs> I don't think he believes you either. And then this is great. And, and E's character is really good at this, like, by, he does the little, like, quick jabs at Turtle and Drama, but they're boarding the plane, and Drama's so pissed that Turtle's going to first class, and Drama goes, look at him, and Turtle goes, yeah, look at me, headed straight to paradise, I owe you one, Vin, and E goes, oh yeah, one, you think? It's just perfect, <laughs> like, of course, you know, you owe, you owe him in his, your entire life, Turtle, but I just love that he's always keeping them, like, in line in that way, it's so funny. Yeah, he is pretty good with, like, those, sh- those quick, dry one-liners. Fucking farm kid, Oh, Johnny, what's the big deal? Well, if it wasn't him, there would be none. But look at him. Yeah, look at me, heading straight into paradise. I owe you, Vin. Oh, yeah, you think? Last week's episode was an awesome music episode, and I, I don't really, like, there's, like, one song that stands out to me. It's the Blind Melon song, Change. Yeah. Did any other yep. songs jump out at you? Yeah, I, I had Change by Blind Melon. And the I did write down uh, Cold Rock at the end by MC yeah. Light because I was like, oh, yeah, this song. It's probably a song I heard on the radio when I was a kid. Sure. And I was like, who, so who is this? And I was like, oh, MC Light. I haven't heard that name in forever. But other than that, I mean, I don't think anything jumped out at me. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's like, uh, you know, an iconic needle drop in this week's episode. I'll add uh, Change by Blind Melon and Cold Rocker Party by MC Light to the Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah music playlist. If you guys want to listen oh, to Oh, yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's in the show notes of this week's episode. If you How would you rate the Entourage soundtrack? And do you think it gets better or worse with time or does it just stay the same? I mean, it's hard to judge soundtracks when you're not in that year or era because music is very yeah of the moment usually yeah i love i used to love the entourage soundtrack i had a a, just a running playlist on my ipod classic that i would like to listen to and it was you'd hit shuffle and you'd just go on a journey but it's funny now because i'm now realizing that like a lot of the not headlining songs like a lot of the smaller songs that are being played are very very like of the moment like when Brandon and I did the Joshua Tree episode. All the background music is these like kind of stoner, trippy mm-hmm. LA bands. None that would jump out at you as like, oh, I gotta hear that song again. But like, they just made sense for the scene. And so like, I'm becoming more appreciative of it. But I wouldn't say that it's like aged better in any way. Mm-hmm. That's like a very roundabout, long-winded answer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't. Some sh- I guess I, what I mean is like some shows you'll be like, oh. The leftovers, isn't that the best soundtrack or yeah. whatever? You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus like Entourage. I guess it went on for so long. Some some songs hit in scenes, and some just kind of like you said, maybe you don't even pick up on. They're just providing the. I will say that like the ones that hit when they do hit, they kind of are in another class of their own. Like since they want to know by Obi Trice in the uh, Sundance episode, Kyle and I did that mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, and like it just stands the test of time. Like you see it, you hear it, and you know exactly where it's supposed to be. It's a uh, it's good. So, yeah. But if that's like 10, 12 songs, the other 90 or whatever it is per season, you know, they kind of just get lost in the sands of time, in my opinion. Do you have the theme song on your playlist? I don't, I don't think I do. <laughs> what a, I forgot about that. I mean, I didn't forget about it, but when I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. We're back. <laughs> you know, we're, on, we're in the car. We're driving. People like to say that, like, the theme song is the most emblematic of the time period in the show. It's like back when they did, like, full rock songs for tv right. show theme songs which you're an expert on by the way <laughs> well it's funny i always go back and watch old shit and i'm yeah. like going back and watching like beverly hills 90210 which i love mm-hmm. the opening sequence is probably two minutes long yeah. and you're like what the fuck is this <laughs> it, the movies used to be like that too the, the, the opening thing it would be minutes before anyone's even sp- speaking I think that was like literally to like make up for people coming in late and like getting right. popcorn and getting seated and yeah. stuff like that. And now it's just like, boom, you're in the movie and all the credits are at the end. It's wild. Okay, this week's episode has two pretty big celebrity cameos. And I want to talk about both of them. And I don't think one is better or worse than the other. But Jamie Lynn Siegler has some staying power. Let's talk about her first. Um, but first off, what, what were your thoughts on her performance this week? I think she's great. I think... I think when I saw Jamie Lynn Siegler at this point, I hadn't seen her since The Sopranos. I she's Meadow Soprano, so I I do like how they kind of call her like Meadow Soprano, yep. and I like that she's playing herself. I know a lot of people play themselves in Entourage, but not everybody. Yeah, and I think she's definitely famous enough to play herself, and I thought she played it well. I think she's pretty good in the show overall. I think she's good as um, I don't really like how her internal breakup i think it's kind of weird but yeah but i think she's a good character and i think she's a really good actor so i like i liked her showing up i completely agree jamelyn seedler is best known for her role as meadow soprano she's from new york she's of jewish and cuban descent and you'll like this her father was the founder of the men's senior baseball league oh hell yeah i think there's a 30 for 30 about that that's awesome in 2008 she began a relationship with our friend actor jerry ferrara who she met while guest starring on entourage they split up in 2009, and she later dated football player Mark Sanchez. In 2012, Jamelyn Seedler began dating baseball player Cutter Dijkstra, the son of former lead baseball player Lenny Dijkstra. The two became engaged in 2013, and she gave birth to their son later in 2013. They were married in Palm Springs, shout out, and they just had their second son in 2018. They're still together. Quietly throughout her career, she's battled Lyme's disease and multiple sclerosis, which is really, really commendable and and pretty, pretty crazy to hear. Lenny Dijkstra. That's a name. (laughs) I know. Lenny. I bet Lenny was watching Entourage. And then Frank Darabont. I mean, 
Good actor, man. He's a good actor, I thought. One of the better, like, director's performances we've seen in the show. We've seen a Gus lot of Van directors Zandt come on is, and be... Gus Van Sant is not very good. Gus Van Sant was not very good. He's coming up in a couple weeks' episodes. Uh, Cameron was pretty good for, like, the limited role he played yeah. early in the season. But, yeah, he was funny. Nom- Frank Darabont nom- is... Right. Yeah, sorry. He's good. He, like, he, he delivered it. He felt like an actor. Like he, the way he looks, and he's like, "Josh didn't tell you." He's like, "No, Josh doesn't represent me." Like he, <laughs> he, he really put uh, played that character well. He played himself, obviously, but yeah. he he made it believable that he was a guy. Just want, he was a fan of Vince. He wanted to catch up, but he really didn't have anything for him. He had the TV show. I love how he's like, "Oh, me and Josh's father are old friends," and then he's like. Josh is a scumbag, just like his father. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you just threw your boy under the bus. <laughs> Benny, E. Murph. So, how long have you and Josh been working together? Oh, we don't, we don't work together. Not yet. Josh's dad and I are old friends. We go way back. Anyway, he told me that you guys are good friends. He suggested we sit down. I said, fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a new movie you're getting ready to start? Yes, yeah. I got this thing called School of Athens. It's based on the Renaissance masterpiece by Raphael. It's in the Vatican Palace, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the really cool thing is we get to shoot for 14 weeks in the Greek islands. Nice. Wow. How nice is that? That sounds amazing. Yeah. So what's the part you had in mind for me? You, in this, you mean? Josh, didn't you tell him what I was thinking here? Well, I... Vince. Look, I'm afraid that there's nothing in this particular film for you. There are no male roles in it under 45. Oh, I thought Josh said you wanted to talk to me about the lead. Yes, the lead in a TV series Frank is exec producing. <clears throat> and you didn't tell them this? He didn't tell us anything, Frank. That's because he's a scumbag. Just like your old man, aren't you, Josh? Good work. Guys, I'm really sorry. Frank Darabont nominated for three Academy Awards and a Golden Globe. In his early career, he was a screenwriter on horror films, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Blob, The Fly 2. But he's more famously known as a director. His film adaptations of Stephen King novellas, such as The Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, and The Mist. He also developed and executive produced the first season and first half of the second season of the AMC horror series The Walking Dead, which in a lot of people's opinions is the best part of The Walking Dead, the first season (laughs) and a half of the show. Is that still going? I, I every now and then someone asks me if I watch it. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. It is sadly, happening. yes. I think it's in its last season, which is insane because it's been on the air for twelve fucking years. So we don't have a good perk this week. Uh, usually, you know, sometimes Vinny gets a car or they get like some sort of access to something. So I don't know if you had anything, but I'll, well, I'll, what about the first class ticket? Was that not a? Did, was that an upgrade or did he pay extra for it? He paid extra. That's what E says at the beginning. Oh. He's like, you weren't supposed to get any first class seats, and Turtle says there was the only one that was left available, or else you'd be on the night flight. So yeah, well, the, um, a perk was the uh, the hand job, the free vodka bottles that he got. Yeah, and the tug, the tug that he got. <laughs> Um, let's let's circle back because we, we've talked about Jamie Lynn Seedler, but so I have this new category, Mike, called Keeper or Sleeper. Basically, mm-hmm. is the girl of the week like, you know, keep her around for a while material or just sleep with her and move on? Let's talk about Jamie Lynn Seedler's character in Entourage. I think she's a pretty resounding keeper. Yeah, I mean, if we're just going off this episode, we don't know much about her. Yeah. But one, she's Jamie Lynn Seedler. Two, we, we see her again after the plane lands, and she's in much better spirits. She's not, like, all frazzled still. You know, she's going through some shit. Sure. And then as the series goes on a little bit, she's nothing but supportive to Turtle. <laughs> you know, she encourages him. She's not a dick. She's cool, man. She's, she's a great girlfriend. So she's definitely a keeper. Turtle should want to stay with her he does but yeah. he should definitely try to stay with her unlike some of the other uh people who show up sure uh, what was he's other girlfriend actually i don't, I don't understand that whole arc but can't wait yeah yeah uh jamie lynn gives turtle a sports car encourages him to go to business school helps him dress better basically yeah. what you want out of a long-term girlfriend maybe even you know wife that's what they do although i do have one thing though i Let's wrote hear. when she is mad at him for for telling everybody that she yeah. jade him off she calls him a fat little fuck yeah and i feel like that's tough to come back from that's tough yeah like that's really you're not calling him a dickhead or an asshole you're like really so like if we were going out like on the third date i'd be like hey remember when you called me a fat little fuck yeah. like i'm working out i'm trying 
I'm doing my best. I'm eating a salad every day. I'm going to keep my Giants jersey on during sex. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the thing's been back on track. Yes, I hear that. Yeah. You know, Ari, now that things are back on track, can you talk about uh, my promotion? You know what, Lloyd? I want to learn Chinese first so I can give it to you in your native tongue. All right. Listen, we're here to celebrate Vince, all right? Please, Lloyd. Hey, cheers. I don't believe it. What? Your girlfriend is here. Don't embarrass me. How's he know Jamie? Oh, he claims she jerked him on the plane today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's got a fetish for guys who are built like a South Park character. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jamie. Let's go. That's running around town telling everyone I jerked you off, you fat little fuck. Thanks a lot, drama. I think it's interesting how they kind of paint her as a bit unhinged. Like, she just mm. went up with her boyfriend, so she gets drunk and jerks off a random dude on an airplane. Like, she agreed to do that, and she was like, yes, this will subvert all expectations of me as Meadow Soprano. What are the logistics, too? Because I saw that airplane. I don't really get... Is this a bathroom thing? Yeah, Or I Because so. I think so, too. That, that was way too wide open to just put under one of those fucking life jackets you know what i mean it also was very clearly a set like the seats yeah, yeah. were way too spaced out right <laughs> and like there was just way too much light and like room for like the camera to move and i will say the beginning of the uh, episode when they're supposed to be in hawaii in quotes that was filmed in la at like the fairmont <laughs> they just yeah. threw like a like a filter over it to make it look like they're in hawaii okay mike how would this episode be different today plot wise well i think maybe turtle takes a picture with uh meadow soprano and puts it on instagram almost immediately (laughs) maybe he live streams the tug (laughs) i think the other thing which is part of the plot is the guys wouldn't be shitting on the opportunity to be in a tv show that's it yeah because tv is awesome now it's king yeah so they don't at that time at 2007 2008 it was like they, there was that stigma still of like if you do TV, your fucking career's over. Yep. Uh, so I think yeah that they would be like, oh Frank Darabont, this is gonna be like a limited miniseries or whatever. This is gonna be you're gonna blow up, dude. Yeah. I think we would have that. Maybe you can win an Emmy, Vince. Right. That's what everyone wants right now is an Emmy nomination. So like that would probably awesome. play into that would be an episode of Entourage where they'd be like, we got to get you on a show. Yep. Uh, and Turtle probably would have sat next to like an OnlyFans model, and she would have like filmed the tud and like you know charged her subscribers for it or something. And like he would have been like, "Can you believe this? She jerked me off and like didn't even you know she's not even not even gonna get paid for it, Vinny." <laughs> okay, faces in the crowd. This is people who appear in the background who may have had bitter careers and other things. Start us off. Who's the guy sitting next to Meadow Soprano? Well, does he play Jim's brother in The Office? Great pull. That just came to me when you said, like, I'll probably know him from somewhere. That actor's named Blake Robbins. He's the guy who switches seats with Turtle so that Meadow Soprano can get the, or sorry, Jamie Seeler can get the aisle seat. He's appeared in Wind River, Sons of Anarchy, Oz, The O.C., but what I think everyone would recognize him from is O.C. The Office. For five seasons, he played Jim Halpert's brother, Tom Halpert, and famously makes fun of Pam's art career and then, you know, plays pranks on Jim throughout. The, it's, it's very, very good. Um I think this is a pretty unmemorable performance by him, but, you know, he's clutching a paycheck. Good for him. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much he could do. He's just got to look dis- disgruntled and wants to get away. Speaking of the OC, Alan Dale, he plays the studio head. I know he's in a lot of episodes. Sorry, of Warners, the studio head who offers yeah, yeah, yeah. Ari the job. I forget yeah, his character name. What's, yeah. his, what's his character name? He's the grandfather in the, in the OC. Oh, yeah, that's right. Man, so. I hadn't watched the OC when I f- did the first four and a half seasons of this podcast and then during the pandemic and for another podcast i did for a short period of time i started watching the oc and what a show man i I can't believe i missed out on it the first two seasons yeah the first season in general i'll put up with anybody the first two seasons are great it kind of kind of falls a little apart but they're doing 25 episodes a season the pilot is one of the better pilots uh that's been made and sometimes i'll be like you watch oc we used to watch in college like i think it's a great show it obviously gets a little goofy in the last season but the first two seasons especially it's a great show it's funny because my wife is from newport beach california and she's like this was like you know appointment television for her and her girlfriends in college and it's you know i I, it's funny because i wish i would have watched it before i met her because i would have had a much different idea of newport (laughs) 
when I first started going there. There's a weird amount of pride about Newport from Newport people because of that show. And it's they like the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the whole thing, I think, was filmed in Laguna Beach and not Newport, but whatever. Yeah, and then I also want to shout out the uh, the cab driver in the first scene. That actor mm-hmm. is named Talvin Han Yi. Obviously an American actor of Asian descent, but he has a career that spans over 30 years of film, television, and theater. I'll just stick to TV right now. Mike, he has appeared on Shadow PD, Hawaii 5.0, The Mentalist, Lie to Me, Criminal Minds, Prison Break, 24, Chuck, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and Nash Bridges. What a resume. That's a fucking resume. What a resume. That's awesome. And, you know, he's the tab driver. He says one line and, you know, makes fun of drama. Sits Man Award. Uh, This is a stat category this week. Who comes in for a couple scenes and just lights it up? We have a couple of nominees. It could be Dana Gordon. It could be Amanda Daniels. It could be Weinstein, who I think is who you're going to pick. It could be (laughs) fucking Lloyd. But I don't know. What what, what are your thoughts? Uh, Lloyd's got some good episodes. I didn't think he was fine in this episode. I got to go Josh Weinstein. And I really like Amanda, uh, not Amanda Daniels. Although I do like that actress. Um, Why can't I I can't think of her name Carla Gugino. Yeah, um, but Josh Weinstein for me. He's just so good. I know. he's he's, But he's the reason he wins the Sixth Man Award is he he's in it the perfect amount of time. Yep. You don't want that guy starting. You can't build a show around him. Yep. You want him to pop in and out, and I think he does that perfectly. Disrupt. Frank Darabont. Is Vince a fan? Yeah, who isn't, Josh? Yeah, Shawshank makes you wish I did prison time. <laughs> who, who wants to do prison time? That's a weird move. It's funny seeing Carla Gugino, who is just drop-dead gorgeous, saying things to Ari like, I'd rather suck a rabid dog's dick than like yeah. agree to do things. And it's like, I went and I looked. I was like, I wonder if there was a female writer on this episode. And surprise, surprise, there was not. <laughs> yeah. I saw, what I was watching, I've been watching Seinfeld again. Yep. You know, ever hear of it? Yeah, I've heard of it. And what's-her-name plays a waitress in it? Who's the studio, no, the, the, the girl who says the tug line? Dana Gordon. Yeah. The, oh, Dude, the I actress. think I... Yeah, yeah. Got fucking brain damage. Sorry, guys. Dana Gordon. <laughs> obviously, I know who Dana Gordon is. But she showed up. She she takes takes their order. I go, oh, that's Dana Gordon. That was my week. Big week. Uh, Vince's Big week. mom, the actress who plays Vince's mom, also appears in an episode of Seinfeld as a waitress as well. Um, she's good. She's, she's good. Awesome. Yeah. Favorite Johnny drama moment from this week's episode, Mike? Well, he has a lot of great lines, but I think my favorite moment is when he shoulders Josh Weinstein. (laughs) (laughs) After he is going, walk away, Josh, walk away. (laughs) And so Josh, like, walks around E, and as he's walking by Johnny drama, he just, boom, pops him with his shoulder. (laughs) Josh kind of, like, moves his face a little and just keeps walking. But it's so good. My my car's over here. Oh, (laughs) my car's over here. He's trying to be like a dick. (laughs) Right. Drama's the only one who will throw down on behalf of his boys, which I, I appreciate. That's bros being bros, in my opinion. They give it. They give off the feeling that E will do it, but you're right. Drama's the real wild card. Drama doesn't care if he gets beat up either. He he will do it no matter what. I think the only time E like lays hands on somebody, and this is way down the line in season eight, is when he attacks the de- the dude who's dating Sloane, who's from uh, the Big Bang Theory, and mm-hmm. plays Russ in Chris's Vacation. You know what I'm talking about? Galecki. Galecki, thank you. See, you're helping yeah. me out. Johnny Galecki. <laughs> I think he legitimately like throws him over a table or something. Oh, like right, yeah. I think that's more of an even match than Josh right. Weinstein. <laughs> My favorite drama moment is uh, they're at Badage Claim watching Turtle have like an extended goodbye with uh, Jamie Lynn. And drama's doing all these weird like hip stretches. And Eric's like, what are you doing, drama? And he's like, I'm just taking precautionary measures. Autonomy class is a tiller that counts the blood clot as a friend, which is an insane line. And then and Edo's, well, you know, trying to prevent a blood clot by blowing yourself. Like, dude, I don't know about you. I don't know, bad back, bad hip. I'm the guy at the airport who's stretching, but like, drama takes it to a whole nother level with his autonomy class is a tiller that, clot, that counts the blood clot as a friend. Do you, do you walk up and down the plane while it's in flight? If it's a six hour, like, if it's like a cross country flight, if I'm flying from California to New York, yeah, I did it up a couple times. Yeah. I can stay seated for two hours, but anything over two hours, fuck that. Fuck that. What are you doing, John? Just taking precautionary measures. Economy class is a killer that counts the blood clot as a friend. Are you going to prevent one by blowing yourself? Favorite Ari Gold moment. When he when he yells, do I look happy? <laughs> in such an Ari line. Um, yeah, it's like one of his outbursts. And yeah. some of his outbursts are... 
you know, people like when he goes down the rabbit hole of saying outlandish stuff. But yeah. I think some of the funniest moments of Ari is when he just says something really basic. Yeah. And Jeremy Piven just kind of nails the line. Yeah. So do I, I don't know. Happy? I don't know who asked him if he's happy. I don't know if it's Lloyd or someone else. But he's basically like, "Do I look?" You know, he does the thing, and it's yep. just you know, popping a blood vessel with two phones in his hands, and it's I don't know. He just nails it. I just I think the moments like that are great with Ari. I'm so happy, Ari. You made me very happy. I hope you're happy too. Do I look happy? What's wrong? Has so much cum been squirted in those eyes, you can't see what's right in front of your face. Amanda Daniels takes that job. Vince is fucked and I'm fucked, which means we're all fucked. And we're fucked in the way you like to get fucked, not fucked in the way that normal people like to get fucked. Mine is the end of the episode. It's kind of his whole like drum roll please mm -hmm. moment. Lloyd, Vince, and E are all waiting for him in his office. He just can't help but put on a little like show before uh -huh. he reveals that Dana Dorton is the new head of the studio. Like, even in this moment, when people are pissed at him and people have been waiting for him all day, he's like, I doubt what you're looking for, but before I give it to you, let me go ahead and do the song and dance. And, uh, and I love that. It's, it's a great reveal. It's a great, again, great feel-good moment at the end of the episode. All is right in the world. He's a showman. You know, he makes them wait that long. He's not just going to tell them. He doesn't care if they, they curse him out for another 10 seconds. Boys! This is a surprise. Guess this is congrats. Wow, she sold me out. I'll go ahead and be mad, but I've grown four new ulcers keeping her secrets. Come on in, guys. <clears throat> I apologize for the disappearance. It's been a tough day of soul searching for yeah, me, though. A tough day for Vince, too. He got offered a TV show today. Offered TV by who? Not by my people. Frank Darabont, Josh Weinstein set it up. Weinstein? Why are you guys talking to Weinstein? Well, he called, we couldn't find you, so we took the meeting. Wow, you guys really are melting down. Yeah, maybe yes. we are. So just tell us, as studio head, are you going to put me in smoke jumpers or not? Did you ever think that there was a possibility that I wouldn't? I just want to get my life back on track. I know that, Vinny, but I didn't take the job. Double whoopee! <laughs> He's happy. You didn't take it? No, I'm still your agent. Are you guys happy? Or is the movie more important to you than me? Yeah, of course we're happy, but I... What now? We're gonna be all right. How? Things are coming. What things? Dana Gordon on one. Put her through. Dana Gordon! <laughs> Ari, I love you, and I swear I'll rub your cock like it's 1990. Whoa, 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 Dana, you're on speaker. I got Vince and E here. Jesus Christ. Hi, Hi Dana. Dana. We all want to be in the room to celebrate together. Celebrate what? Boys, you are talking to the new head of the studio. Madam President, what's your first order of business? Smoke jumpers, Vince. You're in. You're kidding me. And she's going to pay you your quote. It's the second lead. You're going to pay him his quote, or Vincent Chase is going to announce on TMZ that the new head of the studio calls agencies and offers up hand jobs. All right, enough, Ari. Vince, I will take good care of you. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. I love you, Dana. <laughs> I love you too, Ari. I, for real this time. I'll call you later about that tug. <laughs> Goodbye. How the hell? What the hell? What happened? I pulled off the old bait and switch. They wanted your old friend Amanda, and I gave them my old friend Dana. Everybody wins. Boom! Wow, that's uh, impressive, Ari. Uh, this is really big for you, Vinny, really big. I want you to kill this movie. I'll do my best. Also, how does he do that? How does he go into John Ellis's office? He's like, are you ready to make history, Ari? And he's like, what does he say? I'm not going to take the job, but I have a great person like to replace me. And John Ellis is like, I trust you implicitly. <laughs> like, I think that's probably what they expect you to believe, that he has the power to fuck over Amanda Daniels and, and install who he wants in there. Yeah. I mean, he's that like smooth of an operator. He can navigate this but he's, know, relationship. But he's so. not so smooth to get his client in the number one, uh, <laughs> in the number one lead in the film. No, it's the number two lead. That's the that's the other. No, part. I know. What I'm saying he can pull all those strings, but he can't pull the string of yep. getting Vince the leading role. Yeah, so he has to turn down the studio head position. <laughs> okay, Mike. Who besides Vince won this week's episode of Entourage? I mean, even though he gets shit on the entire episode, you got to think Turtle wins the episode. Yeah, because one, he meets Jamie Lynn. Two, he gets tugged at thirty-five thousand feet, and three. All his friends eventually realized that he was telling the truth. So at the end of the episode, he's kind of been validated. Now, granted, he gets a drink thrown on his face, and his future girlfriend calls him a fat little fuck. <laughs> but I still think he wins the episode because, I mean, before that, he was just turtle flying and coach. Now, boom, turtle flying in first class, boom. 
it's you know, it's a win all around. And it's a confidence booster for him too. Like all, he, you know, he's watched Vince pull all this like model actress ass for like so many years, and all of a sudden he can do it. Like right. you know, next season we see Jerry Ferrara slim down a little bit. The season after that he's fucking yoked. Like it's nice. It's it's a. I had a, a guest on two three weeks ago that said, but this is the be- the beginning of the turtle renaissance, the turtle sans, mm-hmm. if you shall. And it, it, he does kind of quietly win episode after episode, but. He's definitely a winner in a big way. You could also argue that Dana Gordon wins. She's the new head of the studio. Yeah. I'll also say, Lloyd, you said he like didn't have a lot in this episode, but he has this really good rant to Ari where he convinces Ari and Mrs. Gold over the phone that like your heart belongs here. Your homophobic bullshit won't fly in a publicly traded company. Right. Like you will work for yourself here and not for some other asshole. Like and then Ari has a great line doesn't age very well but you throw a lot of jew guilt for a chinaman which is very very funny 10 million are you you were hoping for six or seven tops i know baby it's crazy they want me bad and i keep sinking my own money into this place and for what a staff whose petty lives rise and fall with my successes and their failures he's on the phone call him back says it's urgent i said i'll call him back all right lloyd i'm on the phone i know i put the call through I've been putting your calls through for three years now, and I haven't interrupted or given you my opinion, even when I know I can steer your twisted mind into greener pastures. But I can't keep my mouth shut anymore. That's because it's filled with- Shut it, Ari! I know you're gonna make some rude, inconsiderate, nasty comment about my sexual orientation. And I know that you always do that to deflect from your insecurities. And I lived with it because I wanna learn. And I believe that someday you would promote me. Lloyd, this is gonna be a good thing for you as well. If you think working for some conglomerate is gonna fulfill you, then fine. But please don't think I'd ever make myself a corporate bitch. And by the way, even if I did, your little gay quips would not be tolerated in a publicly traded company. People need you here, Ari. I'll leave you with that. You throw a lot of Jew guilt for a Chinaman. I don't. I feel like Ari's wife doesn't really help him in this episode. No, she's like, whatever you want, honey. He's like, what should I do? She's like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like, okay. Playing tennis. <laughs> can we give her an opinion once? And how about like, if you were to call your wife, Mike, and go, they made me an offer for $10 million, and she's like, yeah. wait, it was only supposed to be about half that. She should. She did show a little excitement, right? A little right. bit of like, "Wow, Ari, that is amazing. I'm so happy for you." <laughs> no, they don't give her much. Yeah, Perry Reeves. She she does the best with what she's got. <laughs> Last question: Was this an A list, B list, or D list episode of Entourage? And we can do pluses and minuses. I think it's a B. B as in boy. I think it's it moves nice and quickly. Yep. There's some nice jokes. Uh, it's essential to the season because it moves along a lot of plot and it does so in a great way a lot of times tv episodes that are plot heavy drag on and you're like who gives a shit but this <laughs> does a great job of actually keeping you invested so maybe a b b plus i think it's yeah. a good episode it wouldn't be like the top 10 i would rewatch, but sure. it would be uh there are definitely worse episodes i think it's a it's good it's, it's a solid episode yeah, like I said earlier, a lot happens this episode. Vince is finally going to do Smoke Jumpers, which he's been talking about for three or four episodes now. Turtle has a new love interest. Dana Gordon is the new head of the studio. We have the bait and switch with Amanda and Ari. Not a lot has happened the last three episodes plot-wise, but this hits it up a notch. I'm giving it like a solid B right down the middle. I'm giving this episode of Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah an A+, because this has been a lot of fun seeing you, catching up with you, and having you back on the pod. I'm going to have you back. I'm going to try to have you back maybe in like one of the later weirder episodes you know when things are i don't know maybe johnny drama's trying out for a, a animated tv show or Vinny's hooked on yeah. cocaine or something like that whatever we'll, we'll figure next it out. time i'll i'll drink like a six-pack during it too i'll uh yeah oh it's funny i could tell you that story i know a guy who was in an episode of entourage once in the vegas Get the episode out of here <laughs> hey, I'll save, tell you, you know what save that for the next time i'll on. tell it next time yeah i know you gotta wrap it up mike where can the listeners uh follow you find you and watch your incredible videos Ah, oh, who gives a shit um <laughs> Uh, Twitter at mcameralingo, Instagram, fuck Instagram, man. They're shadow man and me. Um, TikTok at 60 Second Classics. Or you can go to 60secondclassics.com. I put all my videos up there. Um, and I hope you enjoy them and I hope they give you a laugh. Thanks, Mike. You just gave me a laugh. I will talk to you soon and uh, we'll have you back soon. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>